awesome song is Achilles by Kevin McLeod. Thank you so much for coming around and giving random ventures of an indie traveler a listen. I'm your host, Casey, and here you can tune in to my own awesome adventures from different interesting areas around the States and other countries as well. Some of these in which you'll know and others will most likely be entirely new to you. I'll also sometimes chat about fun facts, history, culture, and bizarre mythical beings or creatures around these areas. This week's random venture of an indie traveler episode is all about the mysterious, disappearing, non-pirate graveyard near the Jurassic Coast of Dorset, England. And the Mer-Chicken. Ooh, sounds like it could be a movie. Anyways, my mom and I were lucky enough to see this as our friend from the area was showing us around some of the most interesting places around this area. And as mom and I got to actually stay in the castle that is like right there. It's called Pennsylvania Castle or Penn Castle. So that'll be a future episode, but keep an ear out for that at some point down the road. Attention, this is not a pirate graveyard. Hey, matey. Whoa, Mr. Pirate, I said it's not a pirate graveyard. Before we get to the actual graveyard, let's take a quick moment to talk about piracy. Okay, so let's rewind to the 1600s. During this time, piracy was a pretty big deal. And if you were out at sea hoping to discover new awesome places, you had to be very careful as there were some plunderers in search of riches. So what does this have to do with the Isle of Portland in England? Near the incredible Pennsylvania Castle and Rufus Castle in England lies the ruins of the old St. Andrew's Church, which goes way back in time. It was built in 1475, and it was Portland's only church until the mid-18th century. This church had been through fire and its share of piracy during a raid from what's said to be the French or Danish. In the mid-1700s, the church committee felt there was no way they could afford to repair the wall that seemed to be shoring up the churchyard and church itself. Yikes. This left the church abandoned as they knew it wouldn't last forever and besides, who wants to be in church service and have the church fall to the shore below? I sure wouldn't. There is Church Oak Cove where you have these cool little beach huts down on the beach. Really, it's awesome. I had not seen anything like this before and in England, it was an awesome and unexpected surprise. From here or from Penn Castle, you have a nice little walk. Probably weather pending, this area can tend to get muddy. So if you're around, I would suggest some decent shoes just in case, or just check the weather and see what's going on there. There's a beautiful surviving bell tower archway, which is among the last bits left of the old St. Andrew's Church, which was built on land that was at risk of landslips or basically falling off the cliff it was sitting on down to the beach area below. You know, I kind of mentioned that earlier, but it just doesn't hurt to kind of do a little refresher. I just truly find that to be so, so interesting. I love the beach and all, but I don't want to have to fall down a cliff to get there. I feel like there are many safer alternative routes to do so, don't you think? It's a bit like those commercials, what would you do for a Klondike bar? But in this case, it's what would you do to get to the beach? I mean, some of us really need to get there, right? This church then leads to a tucked away graveyard. Now this area has been known for landslips due to underwater earthquakes and things like that. You know, mother nature will do whatever she wants. So in 1734 and 1735, there was the Southwell landslip, which sent some of the graves down below to the beach. This included the twin daughters of King Ethelred, and these girls had died at birth in the year 990. Oh, it's such incredible history there, everybody. But yeah, the graves are disappearing or they have disappeared over hundreds of years, though some are still there. But the repairs were high, so they had to relocate the church. 
church. Anyways, back to the graveyard, which has been called by some the Church Oak Cove Pirate's Graveyard. There are some graves here from the 1600s. So there's some great history that once took place here. You'll find yourself in a beautiful wooded area that has been confused as the pirate graveyard, given the name. How does one confuse a pirate graveyard with a regular graveyard, one that doesn't have pirates? Dating back to the Renaissance era, it was common for there to be graves and tombstones with a skull and crossbones on them. Or a variation, perhaps you'd see crossbones without the skull and so on. No, they were not all pirates buried inside graves, as one might think. Now, we see a skull and crossbones and automatically figure anything with this is actually related to the pirates, right? Just like their flag. But that is not exactly the case. During the reign of Charles II, what it meant at the time was mortality. This symbol meant mortality. So some of the graves here have that. Some have the full skull and crossbones and others at this graveyard just have the crossbones. Also, this struck something with pirates. They liked the idea and thought, What better way to strike fear into people's hearts than trading our bloody flag for mortality and let all our targets know that their future will collapse as our flag unfurls? Such a horrifying promise. Pirates loved plundering and stealing, and therefore they did what they knew best and stole this emblem of a man's mortality and made it their own to spook their victims to no end. Just as St. Andrew's Church was closed and then relocated to Easton, the skull and crossbones lost their original intent, and so after 1765, they became extremely rare when it came to being on graves as they once were in the past. Hey, matey. Did you know, originally, the flag pirates used to wave on their trusty ships is not the one that we see today? True story, so check this out. If you saw a pirate ship way back in the day, their flag would be completely blood red. This was known as Le Joli Rouge. Is that ringing any bells? Does the Jolly Roger sound familiar to you? They seemed to like the sound of that, and so it remained. At this graveyard, there are two large chest-slash-table-like tombs. One depicts an hourglass, perhaps a depiction of Mr. Benfield's time having run out as uh, Mr. Benfield is actually laying to rest here. The other tomb, which is right next to it, that has a large skull and crossbones on it. That is interesting, right? So this definitely is awesome. And when I saw it, I felt like I was in a movie or an archaeological area. This wasn't a prop in the Pirates of the Caribbean, as some may be thinking, and that could be the case. This was truly the real deal. I loved walking around here and felt that there was such a surreal feeling of peace in this area. Surprisingly enough, you might be shocked to learn that this chest tomb that had the crossbones on it actually belonged to a woman. But sadly, her name was worn away due to the ravages of time, as well as weather. Part of the inscription that has survived says she died on January 1699, in the 49th year of her age, and she wasn't a pirate at all. Even still, this pirate-tesque symbol has drawn many over the years to this gorgeous and mysterious area of Portland, and many still believe that it's a pirate graveyard. Among my research, I found something I just had to share. It said, Tread quietly and look kindly upon the resting souls. After all, technically, they're definitely not pirates. Thank you to the great British life for that one. I love that. <laughs> Woo! Our mythical creature today is the Murk Chicken. Have you ever heard of such a creature before? I hadn't. This one is entirely new to me. If you're one of those that digs mermaids, 
This will be a fun twist, but this beast is a funny one indeed. This creature is said to be a half chicken and, get this, half bearded man slash woman. It's definitely possible that this could have been thought up by the heavy imaginations of some lonely sailors that are in need of a nice feast and maybe some lovin'. According to the UK chronicler, Raphael Holmshed, he had a giant crest upon his head along with legs half a yard long. There's also a pretty cool red beard that could probably put Blackbeard's Blackbeard to shame. Watch out, Ariel, there's a new type of mermaid in the neighborhood. But Ariel may confuse it for food. I mean, she does have her dinglehopper fork. So, I don't know, is it a chicken? Is it a mermaid? Is it a mer-chicken? Apparently, this creature was said to have stood on the water. Yeah, you heard correct. It had the ability to walk and stand on water. And it would crow four times. Sorry, everyone. I just had to make it as realistic for you as I possibly could. And then the mer-chicken would bow its head to each part of the compass, north, east, south, west, before withdrawing back into the waters of the sea. Now that sounds like quite the sailor's tale. It's definitely an interesting creature, for sure. I would just have to see it to believe it. That's one that I don't know about, really. What do you all think? Have you ever been to Dorset or the Portland area in England? It's such a beautiful part of the world. If you have any other suggestions or if you've been to this place, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at randomindietraveler at gmail.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at randomindietraveler and YouTube at randomventuresofanindietraveler. That channel is still new, but it's a work in progress, as is anything. Check out Random Ventures of an Indie Traveler podcast on different awesome platforms like Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. Be sure to come back next week and tune in for another awesome adventure. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I'll catch you in the next one. Have a great week. 